Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present a special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live for April 8th, 2022. Tonight we discuss the national award winners and the national championship game GoDU.com editor Nick Tremoroli. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at PetersonToyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to TopGolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Buy Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive. Natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates. Whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And buy Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next stay at drurryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-INN. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, NCHC hockey fans, and CCHA hockey fans. It is Friday at the Frozen Four. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Somerville, Massachusetts, just about four or five miles from the TV Garden. In downtown Boston, my co-host, as always, from 10 feet below sea level on beautiful Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm good. I can't complain. It was a beautiful day today, finally. Um, I got to see what that rumor we called the sun was for the first time in a while. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, I got some laps in. And um, I just spent most of the day trying to figure out how to to lambaste you. <laughs> I figured that would be what you'd be doing. Uh, well, by the way, I did see because... the sun, which allowed me to see part of Boston today. Well, since good. I got here on Thursday, and uh, that was awful. Very nice city, Boston. So Friday, I was able to see glimpses of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, so far so good. So, yeah. It, it, you know, Friday at the Frozen Four means awards. Yep. But before we get to the awards, um, 
let, let's talk about last night's incredible games that were played. Yes, we um, should. A 3-2 game from Denver in a victory, and, and it was just like, ho-hum, Denver will win 3-2 or win by a goal, which what they've been doing since uh, the end of the frozen face-off. Um, let me go back and check my text messages about this. <laughs> let me go back and, and, and check. Oh, goodness gracious. That team gives me what? a heart attack. And then when oh, I go I'm to the sorry, press what? conference, what? No, then, then they, then they, they're just like, yeah, well, you know, this is a uh, whole home. That's how we do it. Um, anyway, um, on the other side of the coin, <laughs> you had to be just grinning the entire second and third period as Minnesota state just lambasted Minnesota and the Minnesota media and social media people were virtually eating their own going like, this was the worst performance. How can Minnesota play so poorly? Uh, what the heck's wrong with them? Um, well, I did make the comment that there were two teams that were playing for national championships in my mind, college national championships. And there were two teams that were playing to get their players to the NHL. Oh, I, I assume this is where I jump in, right? Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, which game you want me to start with? Let's start with Denver. That was the first one of the night. Okay. Went to overtime. Um, played on two different TV stations. Yeah, well, we can get to that, too. Um, as far as the actual game itself was concerned, um, you saw a lot of talent on display in that game. It was... Um, I, I don't think there's any question that Denver was the better team last night. Um, they kept Michigan uh, at bay for all intents and purposes. I mean, Michigan scored on some of the few chances that they had. But you had, and you have to give Denver a lot of credit because they basically said, um, I think today we'll play, uh, we'll, 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 we'll be, we'll be, we'll play in character as Minnesota Duluth. <laughs> Good one. Because uh, I did, thought, did, I David thought Carl that, likes to call that angling. Well, whatever he wants to call it, it's fine. I don't, you know, everybody has different terms for it. What I, saw was a team that kept a lot of talented players away from second and third chances, away from the middle of the ice. And, so, so what are you trying in, to say, in Paul? Order, and in order to do that, with the kind of speed and, 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 and skill that Michigan had, you know, I've said it all. I, I I've said it the whole the whole time. You know, especially once the matches were made. I mean, Denver. You know, they had the depth to match Michigan. Oh, come, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on one minute. What? Denver's depth is way past Michigan, and I've been telling you that for for months. They have f- Denver's got four lines. Michigan has two and a half. Maybe two and maybe and three. You Maybe could, three. Listen, um, and by the way, I disagree with that. I, I thought it was a battle of four-line teams. One team that has four good lines, one team that has three, two and a half, three. 
Yeah, but the guys, that, by the and, way, all the guys we, that caused all the damage from Michigan were the fourth liners. And, so I don't and, know what the hell you're talking about. And, and, and here, it, and here it is. Okay. Um, Denver uh, has adapted all year long, which again makes David Carl the coach of the year. I'm sorry. Um, status quo um, doesn't apply here. It applies to to teams that play in weaker conferences and uh, are on top the whole time. Coaching. What are you going to do? Coaching no, no, is what. Knock, don't here, knock my Hastings. No, Stop. I'm not knocking my Hastings. I'm talking about how can you look at David Carl and look at the job that he's done this year and not give him the Coach of the Year award? It's just insane because he has he has taken his team and converted it into a team that can play any style of game no matter what. But here's how Denver won last night. They shut down the passing lanes. That first period well, last night, there was not one clean Michigan pass there were in not, the entire there were not, period. Listen, there weren't. Um, uh, the the one thing that that Denver is, like I said, they have they have channeled their inner defensive game, and like I said, adapted some of those uh, Minnesota Duluth like vampire like. Uh, mindsets of just not allowing you to do anything. Okay. Um, and full marks to them for doing it. Um, you know, the, the, it, it's almost like uh, it was almost like a danger situation in that game last night because, because Michigan is so talented. Okay. There was a danger of, of Denver getting caught up in that. And they didn't. They stayed disciplined. I know there were a lot of Michigan folks that were, oh, how come Denver got no penalties called on them? Well, because they didn't you know, take any. First of all, they didn't take any. It's not like the penalties that, well, listen, I, I, I think there were certain plays where the referees, and rightfully so, put the whistles away. The ones yeah, they did, but the ones man, they did, oh man, it would have had to have been a ticky tack call if they would have made it because there was there was a big emphasis was, on the Denver Pioneers bench to not take penalties. Well, period. Of course not. But well, first of all, and I think the the ones that they did call against Michigan, and there were three of them. Two of them were pretty obvious. Okay, um, which. By the way, also gives, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know what kind of practices they had today, um, but I can guarantee you, uh, I do. Okay, well, I wasn't there. I don't know if they got a chance to practice or <laughs> they not. They did practice today. Okay, um, I guarantee you, if, you, if David Carl was like, uh, we're practicing the power play today, because it's as insane as it sounds. They haven't had a a power play goal in the postseason. How's that possible? With those players? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they got away with they got away with it last night. They got away with it last night. Okay, and you would think that a Michigan would 
be more dangerous on the power play than Minnesota State. But uh, um, funny that that Minnesota State team, you, they they roll out three and four lines too. They just don't have the star power. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is Denver beat an NHL roster last night and uh, earned a chance to go to the uh, the um, national. Denver has a, Denver has a lot of NHL. NHL well, well speaking, speaking of Denver, we're going to bring on uh, our guest right now because we have him, and I know it's between the second and third period of the Avalanche game, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure Nick Tremoroli wants to come on and, and get this going uh, from Let's Go DU. Nick Tremoroli, the editor, is with us. Nick, you got Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? Good. How are you guys? Can you guys hear me? Loud and uh, clear. clear. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Sorry, I'm a little late compared to what you guys had uh, asked me to. I was out getting dinner, oddly enough, with your guest last night, Mike Wiseman. Nice. 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 What was on the menu? Nick, hold on a minute. Uh, I want to know what's on the menu. You can. You can in a minute. But, Nick, uh, you're telling me that you were out eating dinner and missing the Avs game, which they are now leading uh, after two periods? You're you're telling me they're leading now? That's news to me. They were trailing last time I saw. (laughs) Yeah, they're no, up three two in the second. <laughs> no, we, we got out of the uh out of the Hovey Baker ceremony a little later than planned and both of us were, were pretty hungry, so we decided to go over to uh, uh Lily P's uh fried chicken and oysters uh for, for dinner. So we had that and nice. uh now we're back here and back at the hotel and I'm here talking. Um the Avalanche game's a regular season game. Well let's calm down there, Scott, at, at missing the at, at, at uh, an yeah, but but the Avs are rolling toward the President's Trophy. Is that not correct, Nick? Nobody. Cares it's true. It's true, and, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. I'll tell you that. I've got a uh, in my free time. I've been going to plenty of Avs games this year, and you know I've been trying to watch them as much as possible because they're fun as hell. Oh, they're, they're listen. It's a fun team to watch. There's no doubt. Um, but uh, I don't think they give a rat's butt about the President's Trophy. I would agree. I mean, <laughs> the only reason why they would is, you know, if, if they can guarantee themselves uh, the, uh, the the home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup. But I think they would just be happy to be in the Stanley Cup at this yeah, you gotta point. Got to get to that point first, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. All right, Nick, we, we can talk about the abs all we want later, but we've we got big news going on in Boston because, A, Bobby Brink did not win the Hobie Baker Award. And B, the uh, the pioneers are playing for another national championship. And uh, David Carr reminded us all last night in the press conference that they don't want just the ninth; they want to get the tenth before Michigan gets their tenth. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I've talked to DC about it a few different times this year, and every time I talk about Michigan, he always mentions, "I want to get to ten first. I want to get to ten before Michigan does." And you know, that's fair. Get to ten, be tie them, and then you know, get, get to that point. So I, I, I totally get it. All right. Well, now see, now calm down. See, now I have to, I have to backtrack here now too, because I'll be a hypocrite and inconsistent. But get to nine first before you start worrying about 10. Oh, I, I hear you, but you gotta get, <laughs> but, but that's the goal is getting to 10 first and getting to 10 before Michigan. Um, and I, I, I get that perspective, but the point is, you know, let's have that goal in mind. And, the fact that they have the opportunity to win number nine while beating Michigan along the way adds a little bit of poetic 
excellence to the whole narrative. You know what I mean? I do. And and by the way, as as Scott may or may not have told you, or um, nobody else did anything about Michigan, and but at least I did something for a week. Not that I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but um, we know what I'm referencing. And, and and that game could have changed the entire pairwise, by the way, and 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 how the whole thing goes go goes down. <laughs> Nick, if you if you don't know, Paul took him out of the Super 16 for a week on suspension <laughs> because they wouldn't play Western Michigan. <laughs> I love so he, it. He removed them completely yeah, and, and said yeah. they were on suspension, and we, we got a good kick out of that. But um, let me tell you, before we dig into this stuff. Uh, the other thing that was comical about the two press conferences so far with David were uh, last night he wanted nothing to do with discussing his age, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And today he didn't want anything to do with talking about the transfer portal or any of that stuff. He uh, he said, can we keep it in perspective? And uh, that just tells you who's in control when he's running a press conference. Oh, no question. You know, I, I think, you know, I, to be fair, the Denver Post – uh, back in Loveland, they kind of ran the whole age narrative into the ground. Both Mark Kisla and Mike Chambers asked the question a couple times. And at a certain point, when you're when you're now going into your second Frozen Four in four years, as a as to be fair, a young coach, but you know that's this is the second Frozen Four. It's not like he hasn't been here before. He's coached for damn near twenty years. You know, if if you take into account all the all the years of assistant assistanting. Uh, for lack of a better word, uh, with DU under George Wozdecki, you know, I, I could understand him getting kind of upset with the whole age narrative. You know, if it was his first year, I'd totally get it. You know, the, the age narrative kind of hit uh, last night, you know, with the guy asking the question and everyone laughed. And I totally understand why he doesn't love it. <clears throat> but, you know, he's proved that he's a good coach by now. And once he add, hopefully once he adds the uh, national title to his resume, everyone can finally – Relax about the age. Well, listen, I mean, you know, as, as the season started, I, I, I think that they've made a tremendous amount of adjustments that he hasn't gotten credit for. This team struggled on the road early and, and, and didn't, I don't want to say live up to the hype, but it didn't look like it was playing as well as it could. Now you can you can attribute that to anything you want. Uh, they, they they still are a young team. Okay, this is not a senior dominated team by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. No, you, you, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean they they're they're young, but they have great experience in terms of their their leadership group. I mean Cole Gutman. Um, as the captain, as a senior, he, he's been excellent. I mean, he, he's got the skill to go along with it. Um, <clears throat> so they've got a great leadership group, but you're right. They are young. And, you know, coming into this season, I think there were a lot of question marks. I, I'll count myself among those that had question marks about this team. I know I knew they were going to be skilled. I knew they were going to be better than they were last year. I, I'll be honest. I didn't expect them to be here in the Frozen Four. And then when they kind of kind of struggled there in the first couple weeks with the losing twice out here, blowing that 4-1 lead against Providence, and then, you know, getting swept by North Dakota the next weekend, you know, all of a sudden those questions started coming back into everyone's minds. You know, the comment section on our site was filled with, you know, I'm not sure DC's the guy. I'm not sure he's the right answer for this team. And, you know, 
for, the, for those of us who are a little more initiated, we're like, hang on a second. Yeah, they're, they're struggling right now, but we're three weeks, three, four weeks into the season. Let's pump the brakes a bit. Let's let it play out. And they clearly had a moment after the North Dakota game where they, or the North Dakota series where they kind of came together and said, wait a second, we're too good for this to happen. And all of a sudden those freshmen kind of started taking over games, you know, Carter Mazur, Massimo Rizzo, you know, they start, they came out of the gate hot after that. You know, I think they've kind of slowed down here in the second half, but you know, they provided such important scoring depth in the first half that they wouldn't be here without what they, what they did. And so as young as they are, they're not playing like a young team. No, and, and, and let's, 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 um, let's, let's bring this into perspective. Um, their losses on the road, those, those are, you know, most of the games they lost this year, if they weren't all on the road, I think all but one loss was on the road. Yeah. That's what, I mean, you're kidding, right? I mean, that's the formula when you play sports, when your home games play 500 on the road. And where'd they lose? I mean, they lost at Providence. They lost at Boston College. They lost two games at North Dakota. Gee, nobody ever does that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Western Michigan was 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 a top ten team all year when they when they split that series. That's what you're looking to do. Uh, you know, I, I think the only real stinker they had uh, after early November was was the game at the the, the first game at Omaha. Yeah. I mean. You know, you, I mean, the team they're playing tomorrow night has been as hot and as consistent as you can get, but Denver's been right there. Oh, completely agree. Completely you know, agree. Um, and I think that um, this team, and, and I said it just before you came on, uh, in the last, uh, since that, that, that loss uh, in the conference playoffs, has uh, become a chameleon and it just played however you needed to play to beat that particular team. And that's not easy to do on a game-by-game basis. No. Full marks. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, the, the games that they've played, you can even argue each of the three games they've played since that game at the Frozen Faceoff when they lost two zip against Minnesota Duluth. You know, I think they've played three very similar games, you know, they beat Michigan, who by all accounts should have been, you know, this wide open, you know, David Carl quipped about, you know, score playing to a nine to eight game. But by all accounts, they played a very similar game that they had to play in both regional games. You know, it was very tight checking at times. Now, yes, there were times when the ice opened up and Eric Portillo stood on his head at times for Michigan. But, you know, they, it was a low scoring three to two game that, you know, you gr- you had to grind out that that goal in overtime. You know, that's not a goal scorer's goal. That's no. a goal that Cameron Wright normally score- scores, not Carter Savoy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I, you're right. They've figured out how to beat whoever they're playing, who, who, whatever's in front of them. And it adds a lot of experience to it. And I, and, and I think, Scott, I told you this uh, before the Frozen Four started, that, you know, the fact that Denver played those two games – against Lowell and Minnesota Duluth was a huge asset to them coming into the game against Michigan because they've already beaten teams that can score a bunch of goals. They, they've already proven they can do that. So now when you have to grind games out, all of a sudden the ice is wide open and you, and you can do whatever you want again. 
And so I, I think that was a huge asset to them yesterday. It just so happened that Portillo wouldn't let him score more than more than three. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, well, <clears throat> what I saw yesterday is kind of interesting, I thought. I thought that first period might have been the finest period they've played all year. They were uh, they had sticks and lanes. I don't know if there was one clean pass anywhere that Michigan got. Uh, the shots were definitely in favor of uh, DU. And then uh, the second, third pre- period worried me a little bit. That's what Paul will tell you on my text messages because I'm going like, what happened to the speed? Why are we slowing down now? Why are we not putting our foot on the gas? Any thoughts on that, Nick? Did you see that type of uh, game as well? You know, your point about the first period was, was is absolutely correct in my opinion. You know, they played as perfect a game in that first period as you possibly could have against Agreed. a team like Michigan. You know, they held them to, I think it ended up being four shots in the first period. Their first shot didn't come until the 17-minute mark. You know, right. they had more goals at a certain point than they had than Michigan had shots, which which is insane to think about when you think about how good Michigan was this year. But I think the other thing you have to remember about that first period was as young as DU is, Michigan's even younger. They have all kinds of, you know, first round talent, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of insane future NHL all-stars. That's all well and good. But when the lights get on and turn on in their brightest in that first period, I, I, I tweeted this at the time, you know, I thought Michigan was playing nervous. They were playing a little scared. And you could see that they were offside. I, I wish I could see the number. They were offside probably 10 times in that first period. Some of their best potential rushes were negated by these offside calls. They were all legitimate offside calls as long as you weren't a Michigan fan. You know, I, there were a lot of, a lot of Michigan boos um, <laughs> in that first well. period about those offside calls. But they were all perfectly legitimate offside calls. You know, I chalked that up to nerves. They got into the locker room after that first period and – so for, for all we say about the fact that they're, they have all these draft picks, we got to remember they were fairly well coached with Mel Pearson. They made adjustments. They figured out how to kind of counteract what was going on with DU. And I thought, I thought that game was such a perfect game of adjustments because you had the first period where Denver was playing perfect hockey. They were playing great defense. Their offense was buzzing. Second period comes – Michigan kind of turned the tables. They figured out what DU was trying to do in the offensive zone, what they were trying to do with their stretch passes in the neutral zone. And they figured out how to counteract it. And all of a sudden they, they kind of tipped the ice back towards Michigan and they got a goal out of it. Third period came Denver made their own adjustments and figured out that if we, if we send the stretch pass up the middle, we might have a better chance than if we send it along the boards, you know, it it was all about the, the, the in-game adjustments and the, the best part about it was the adjustments were working. Even into overtime, Michigan made their own adjustments, and they were able to keep DU on the ice. That, that one line, I can't remember what line it was, but for the first two and a half minutes of, the, of overtime, I thought for sure Michigan was going to score because the same line was on the ice for DU. They iced it with like, like 45 seconds into the period, and all of a sudden Michigan just camped out in the offensive zone. And my, my entire reaction was, oh, God, they're going to score. It's going to be over real quick. They survived, obviously, and they then DU adjusted again and figured out, you know, how to how to get down there and score. So I, I thought yesterday's game was such a perfect example of excellent coaching, A, but B, just adjustments. You know what I mean? It's, it's so rare that you see stuff like that in college hockey. Well, see, I, I looked at it a little bit differently. Um, it, it's probably going to sound like it's this, uh, the, the, uh, similar, but first of all, uh, mm-hmm. Michigan's fourth line, 
was probably their most dangerous yesterday. Okay, because they were trying to get gritty and greasy and dirty and 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 trying to combat what Denver was doing uh, and playing their own game. Um, I thought as I watched the game, as you said, the the the, the adjustments that were made uh, on the fly and in game and not necessarily just between periods was tremendous. And I watched a lot of time in that game. And I said, okay, here we go. Michigan is, is, is starting to do some things. And is Denver going to try and turn this into a horse race and get out of that mindset that was keeping Michigan from having a lot of threats offensively? And they never did. And to me, that was the most impressive thing about the game that Denver played yesterday. So I, 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 I'd agree with that 100%. Um, but, but I think it gets back to the adjustments. You know, they, they figured out that, you know, Michigan was trying to do something in that game. And I, and I think you saw it, especially, you know, when they did score that, that tying goal in the third period, they took advantage, A, of a, of, of a DU turnover, a, a really boneheaded play. Right. But also, B, they, the ice was open. Michigan took advantage of their speed. And DU, you know, you can make the argument they didn't, they couldn't keep up, but it, it was, it was a perfect microcosm of what Michigan was trying to do. And it was a good example of, Oh, we can't do that against this team. No. We have to be smarter. And they were smarter. They didn't make that same mistake again. And to your point, you know, the fourth line, you know, Michigan's fourth line was the only one that was good. You know, I, I tweeted out today of the, of the seven first round draft picks that Michigan had, and I say had because two of them have already signed. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, uh, Owen Power and, and Kent Johnson both signed today. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that today. It'll be more than it'll be more than that by the end of the weekend. Oh, for sure. They're they're all going to be gone by the end of the week for sure. Um, but you know, I, I tweeted this out. Not a single one of their seven draft picks or their seven first round draft picks had a single point last night. And not only that, not a single one of them had a plus minus more than zero. Right. So that right there tells you either the lights got too bright for them or Denver had the perfect strategy for them. Because even even on the two goals that Michigan did score, you could pretty easily make an argument that, you know, the first goal kind of went off the referee's skate, unfortunate bounce. And then the second goal, you know, even though it was a mistake by DU in the offensive zone, Krona was there. You know, th- there, there was a weird bounce that ended up right to – uh, I don't even remember who scored that goal, but whoever it was, you know, kind of landed right on his stick and he kind of played, hey, look what I found, and, you know, roofed it past Krona. So, you know, it was there, – there was a little bit of fluky luck. You know, I'm not going to make make excuses for Denver's mistakes because they were mistakes that led to both goals, but they were fluky bounces. And so, you know, but getting back to the point about the adjustments, I, I still get back to the fact that, the game was so it, it, it just moved in such a perfect rhythm with the, with the intermission adjustments. Yeah. Good the, stuff, the, Nick. Um, the, the only thing that I would worry about going into tomorrow night's game, and I'm sure that it's been discussed. And then I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if you heard it before you came on. I, um, what the heck is going on with the power play? I completely agree. They haven't scored a single goal in a single goal on the power play in, in the uh, NCAA tournament. That's a problem. Yeah. Especially, 
you know, you're not going to get a lot tomorrow night. No. And so if you get that opportunity, you have to convert against that team because oh, you yeah. don't give up a lot at all. No, ex- exactly. And so, and I, and you, for sure, it's been talked about. And, you know, I think that's the, really the only piece of, of the puzzle that is questionable and worrisome because even the PK, the PK was worrisome all year. And then the playoffs turned and all of a sudden they haven't given up a playoff or, or a penalty kill goal in, I'm not sure they've done it in, in, in the postseason. And so that, there's something to be said for that right there. But to your point about the power play, I am concerned, and, and I, I guarantee you David Carl is concerned about it as well. Um, but you, you go through ebbs and flows on the power play, and I do think you know they're kind of in they, – they just so happen to be in a slump on the power play, and it's happening at the worst time possible. Absolutely the worst it, time. It can, it, it can turn at any given point. They, their power play was dangerous at times yesterday. I'm not going to say it was consistently dangerous because that would be a complete lie. But they had some dangerous looks, and let's not forget, Shai Booyam skied a shot after a perfect pass from Massimo Rizzo on the power play that would have you know, negated all the conversation about the power play. But so, that's what happens when your your power play is struggling, right? Exactly. Golden opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, I think we do have to keep it in perspective that you know, if your power play is generating momentum, generating you know dangerous looks, generating you know, forcing a, a goalie to make a bunch of saves, you know, yes, you want to score. But if it's turning the tables, you, you, you can find a silver lining in that. Yeah, absolutely. And they haven't exactly played slouch goaltenders in the playoffs. Uh, there with is Ryan that, Fanti and Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I agree. I'm, uh, they got to score in the power play because that's how you win in uh, playoff hockey is uh, – specialty teams and goaltending. So speaking of goaltending, the guy that won the uh, Hobie Baker tonight is the guy that they're going to face. I thought his comment about uh, somebody asked him what the game plan is going to be for Denver. And he said, well, they got the leading score in the country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I got a good kick out of that. And I I, I chuckled. They got a pretty good guy over there who, who knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. And, you know, I, I I thought that was good. And, you know, you know, you, you hope that, you know, from DU's perspective, that the the old Heisman Trophy adage rings true that if you win the Heisman, generally you're going to lose the national title game. You hope that's the case, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I you, all we're do all you do now is you know you speculate, you try and figure it out. Is Dryden McKay going to let this get to his head? You know, I'll be honest, he didn't look very comfortable up there on that stage, especially uh, when his dad was talking. Uncomfortable, yeah, <laughs> and. You, you just don't know what's going through a guy's mind. What might carry over into the game? Um, <clears throat> is, is Bobby Brink going to be in his head now? You know, the, the goalie is such a mental position that if McKay is just even slightly off, and I said this about Portillo on the uh, <clears throat> College Hockey News pregame show yesterday, you know, Denver loves taking advantage of struggling goalies. And I thought at times in the regional, Portillo struggled. And so it, and, and, and I thought, and, and, I, and I still believe this would, would have been the case if Portillo was struggling. Denver wins that game 6-2 yesterday if Portillo is not even slightly off his game. That wasn't the case. Portillo was playing out of his mind, so obviously that didn't happen. But for McKay tomorrow, if he is even slightly off his game, Denver is a much different beast than Minnesota is. 
Denver is so well balanced. They play great defense that as good as Minnesota State is, I'm not sure they're going to get much. They're not, they're not going to have much room in the offensive zone to work just like Michigan didn't. And so if McKay, McKay is going to be a very important piece tomorrow. Um, if wow. he's off his game, Denver wins pretty handily. Well, let's, uh, you know, I, I, I try to be as, as honest as I possibly can. And if Scott hasn't told you, I am a big Dryden McKay fanboy. Nick, he's got his, his basement full of uh, Dryden McKay posters. I'm a big time because I, I, I see a guy who, who, who plays goal and, and doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. He just doesn't. And, and, and I'm sitting here and, and I'm watching and, and I, the two, the two thoughts that I have about tomorrow's game in terms of, of what will probably be the difference in the game is if Denver doesn't get second and third shots, they're not going to win. And honestly, that the, this Minnesota state, uh, they want to grind. So is, is the, you know, the Denver defensive, the Denver defense, which is very good at moving the puck. If, you know, if there, if there are teams that are better than that, maybe it was the one they just beat yesterday. Um, so they're going to have to do a really good job of keeping the puck away from the net. And so you have a, a big giant style matchup, you know, very similar to, to when uh, Denver was playing uh, Duluth and, and, and the more uh, hard-nosed physical teams. Um, and as I've been saying, it's, styles make fights. And this is, this is right there. Completely agree. I completely, completely agree with you. But, you know, to the point earlier, the, the, to kind of bring it full circle here, you know, Scott made a good point. Denver's kind of been a chameleon over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, they've been able to find a way to grind out these games. I, I, I truly believe that two-zip loss at the frozen faceoff taught the Pioneers a lot about the Pioneers. You know, they figured out, you know, we have to learn to take the hits. We have to learn to play the grind it out style if we're going to have a, a chance in hell. And I truly believe tomorrow night's game is going to be two, one, three, two, something like that. It's going to be very, very similar to, I think that DU UMD game. <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that DU comes out on top because it would be a fool's errand to predict a national title game. You have two teams that are very much on a mission, you know, Minnesota state who has been in the frozen four you know, frequently in the past, haven't been able to get over that hump. They finally make it to the national title game. And then you have DU who, you know, they're like, we want to, we, we want to be the greatest program of all time. You know, they're both on a mission. They're both very much of the perspective that the, the lights are not too bright. We're here to do something special. And, you know, so therefore, you know, they, I think both teams are going to have a, a period of feeling each other out but absolutely, it's going to become a grinded-out type game, and whoever finds a way to to kind of bully their way into the slot, find a way to get those greasy goals, find a way to get the fourth line onto the score sheet, they're the ones who are going to win the game. So, Scott, Nick, me, now, hold, hold on a minute. Scott, what, no, hold on, on a minute. I want to ask you, what hold time on. is your flight Sunday? Uh, 
early. Uh, anyway, well, you so might let me, uh, be able to kill a few, a few hours yeah. with about two or three overtime. Yeah, so. that ain't happening. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, I've got two comments. Uh, first on Bryden McKay. Last year, after the frozen faceoff was in North Dakota, as I was making my way back in in vehicle, I stopped to watch the CCHA, which was the WCHA back then. Uh, <laughs> I stopped to see that championship um, game against um, Northern Michigan at Mankato. And um, Dryden McKay got chased in that one. And Northern Michigan won the game, and they won it handily. And um, that was the first time I saw Dryden play in person. And I was going like, really? This is the guy everybody's talking about? Because he got smoked. Um, and that was a game where they were bragging him up and they made T-shirts about him being the Hobie Baker winner last year. Uh, it, and so there's that there's that in-the-head thing I think you might be talking about, and it's happened. Um, secondly is uh, I made this comment. I don't know if I told you, Nick, or not, but um, when I looked at the four teams in the Frozen Four, I said, hey, these are four really good teams, but there's only two of them that really want to win a national championship. The other two want to win – but they also want to make sure that they get their guys to the NHL. So I think you can tell what teams want to win the national championship. I think you already elaborated to that, but um, Denver and uh, Minnesota state are proud college hockey programs that want to win that national championship first and foremost. Am I correct? Absolutely agreed with you there. And what I love about this, what I love, what I love about this matchup is not only you have the history going back to the WCHA in the early 2010s and the last time they played, and I think Mike Hastings alluded to this in his presser today. um, The last time they played, I think I was a, I believe it was my freshman year at DU. Last time they played Denver um, kicked the absolute crap out of them. I remember I think it was the first game. Could have been the second game. I can't remember. Uh, I, that was many beers ago. Um, they uh, they <laughs> beat them 10-2 to two one of the nights. And I remember chanting in the student section, double digits, thinking, this Minnesota State team, they're, they're not very good. And uh, Mike Hastings was talking about that today. And he, he, he talked about I can't remember who he, he said he was talking to, but one of the players who was on that team and it sounds like they kind of used that weekend as a little bit of a turning point in terms of a, a program culture. And now look at it, you know, more than 10 years later, and they're in the national title game against, guess who? Denver. Denver's going for their ninth national title. Minnesota State's going for their first. Minnesota, Denver's playing in their 12th national title game. Minnesota State's playing in their first. I absolutely love this matchup just because you have the the new power versus the old traditional national power that, you know, it's it the storylines are just are are just so are dripping with intrigue. And, and I love that. Um, but it's gonna be a very interesting battle of tradition versus modern. And I love that. I I, I just absolutely love that. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, this is, this is, this is a situation where um, I'm just very excited for the game. Um, it's, 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 it's a matchup of, of, of two teams that basically uh, have been the most consistent all year. 
from start to finish, not even, um, you know, halfway through the season. And like I said, Denver's losses to teams, there's, they lost on the road. I mean, who? Ca- I mean, it matters, but not to the extent of oh my god, what the heck's going on? You know, young teams have to learn how to win on the road. So I, I, I just think that these have been the most consistent teams, and that's the biggest reason why they're here. Absolutely, absolutely agreed. And you know, you have you, you really have the matchup that I think by the halfway point in the season that I think a lot of people were hoping for. I mean, I, personally, I was hoping for a Denver-Michigan national championship game, which we may have gotten if Michigan had decided to play Western Michigan. No, really? No, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shocking. They screwed everything up. Um, but, you know, I, I think Denver versus Minnesota State is that matchup that you do have two of the maybe three best teams in the country this season, two of the two best, if, if you really want to get down to it, obviously. And this is the matchup that I, I know myself, I was kind of, you know, dreading in a sense, but also so looking forward to because we're going to get a great, exciting game of hockey. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking – I'm hoping for two or three nights overtimes. I mean, I'm going to oh, be up shush. anyway. Just so. shush. Yeah, this is the guy that couldn't come on last night because he didn't want to get up early. All right, he had to get up well, early. No, no, no. Anyway. I, I have to so, get up tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, I had to okay. get up at 4.30 this morning. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Um, so, Nick, I want to wrap things up with you by uh, by just uh, making a couple of comments. Um, when, when we went to the uh, event tonight, uh, the Hobie Baker and the uh, uh, Richter Award and the All-Americans and all of that good stuff, the Hockey Humanitarian Award. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I thought Bob might win. Bob Brink might win the uh, the Hobie Baker if Bob if Dryden McKay actually got um, the Richter Award. When Devin Levi got the Richter Award, um, I kind of had a sick feeling that Bobby wasn't going to win. Um, <laughs> so your thoughts on that? Um, and, and how does the, the best goaltender in hockey, um, or he's good enough to win the Hobie, but he's not good enough to be the best goaltender in, in hockey. Does that make sense? You know, that was the conversation for the last two weeks on Twitter was, you know, how in the world, you know, is Dryden McKay a Hobie finalist? And then, but we, we realized that, Devin Levi is probably going to win the Richter. What the heck's going on here is, is what the whole conversation was. And then by the time he got to people like me who I, I adore chaos. I love when people get upset about trivial things like who wins a trophy and, you know, an individual trophy, I should say. Absolutely love it. Chaos, Twitter was in shambles today. Yes, and it, was, it, was. <laughs> it was the result that we as a community kind of all deserved. I was laughing, quite quite frankly. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I thought Bob might win it by default um, just because Hobie, Hobie, uh, Hobie voters don't love voting for goalies. And then you have Ben Myers, who isn't even the best player on his own team. So wow. you, you had a situation there where and, – and Ben Myers, let's not forget, he was a second-team All-American, not a first-team. Bobby Brink was a first-team All-American tonight. You know, Myers was there as maybe window dressing. Not that he wasn't, you know, an, an excellent player this season. He was never going to win the Hobie. <clears throat> so, to me, it, was, it came down to Brink and McKay. And the fact that McKay won the Hobie and not the Richter, 
you know, it just adds to the intrigue of <laughs> nobody knows what the heck they're doing when it comes to voting for awards. Yes. And it gives us stuff to talk about. You know, every time we talk to, to Bobby Brink about, you know, the, <clears throat> the Hobie Baker this season, every time he brought it up, he's like, I really don't care about that. I want to win a national championship. I want our team to do well. You know, even I, I pre-wrote my Bobby Brink wins the Hobie Baker uh, article just in case he might win it. And <laughs> the whole entire, you know, the whole entire narrative was, you know, he, he deflected the praise. He, he deflected the individual uh, accomplishments in favor of the team progress. And, you know, David Carl said it a number of times this year, you know, that, that embodies the culture that has been built at Denver, that they, they emphasize team over self. And I think you have two teams tomorrow that do the same. You know, you, you have incredible 100% buy-in into the way things are done at these programs. And that's a special thing. You can do special things when you have 100% buy-in. And I think we're going to have a special hockey game. Here's hoping. Yeah, well said. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with the prediction part because Paul hates him and you hate I him. Don't like him. <laughs> so, so here's what I'm thinking. I think there's a guy that's going to – I thought he was going to do it last night. He did score a goal, but I thought uh, Cam Wright is just a guy on a mission. Uh, he wants that national championship more than he wants uh, food in the morning. Um, I think Cam Wright's going to be a dis- difference maker tomorrow. I think – his matchup um, with Carter and um, Massimo against uh, whoever they face from from Michigan or Minnesota State is uh, is going to be the difference maker tomorrow night. And I will say that Denver gets it done just because I feel like, um, like you said, the Heisman and the Hobie uh, thing is going to be um, the downfall. And you know, it, when I let me just finish by saying this: Denver's had a chip. Um, a very large chip on their shoulder since last year. Nick, you've seen it. Oh, <laughs> We've yeah. all seen it. Um, that chip is still there. They're not getting the respect still that I think they deserve. They've, they've been number three all season. They never even it hinted at two or one. And, um, and and no matter what they did, it didn't make any difference. It was always going to be Minnesota State and Michigan ahead of them. Now I think it's time that those guys are going to realize that this is our chance to prove that we were the number one team all year long. And um, – we're going to walk away with the trophy. Absolutely. You know, the, the whole culture at the university of Denver has been surrounded by, we win national championships. It doesn't matter what happens in the regular season, whether they win the gold pan against Colorado college, whether they win the Penrose cup, whether they win the NCHC tournament, none of that matters if they're not the one holding that trophy at the end of the year. And that is a culture that has been built by not only David Carl, but by George Kwasdecki, by by Jim Montgomery, you know, he was part of the reason why they became an annual power. You know, we, we, we can't forget Jim Montgomery's role in this whole thing. But there's tradition that dates back to the 1950s. And they've embraced that tradition. They've embraced that history. And they're, they're kind of channeling it now. And they know where they belong in the annals of college hockey history. And they know where they can go. And what David Carl has done at the ripe at the young age of 33, you know, as much as you'd love to hear for, hear about it from the Denver post, you know, what he's done is remarkable, even if they don't win. But I do agree. I think Denver gets it done in a, in a potentially probably a three, two or two, one type game. 
And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, let's not forget Cam Wright has scored some very important goals in the, in the playoffs so far. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again tomorrow, if, if he doesn't have the, uh, the game winner. He, he is, he's a man on a mission right now. He wants that, that trophy, and the, the team kind of wants it for him too. Yes, they do. Um, my final thought is, uh, like I said, that, that Denver is going to get it done. Um, one thing, I don't know if you heard the comment that uh, David gave me this week, but I asked him, I said, uh, is playing in the Frozen Four pressure or experience? And he looked at me and he said, hmm, pressure or experience? I'm going to say it's an expectation. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the perfect word for Denver Pioneer Hockey. And you've been around it a long time. You've covered it a long time. Uh, is there a better word uh, for Denver Pioneer Hockey than expectations? No, that's, that, that is absolutely perfect. And I think that shows the fact that David Carl, you know, who grew up with the program, you know, no, no one's more of a pioneer through and through than David Carl is. You know, no one understands it more than he does. And, you know, he gets it. And, the, and that comment right there, I think, tells you all you need to know. Yep, absolutely. See you tomorrow at TD Gardens for an 8 p.m. Eastern start. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, get some thanks, sleep tonight because it's going to be a long day again tomorrow. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, you guys too. Enjoy. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, All right, man. that's Nick Tremoroli from the uh, Let's Go DU. Uh, great site. If you're not following him and you're not watching what he's doing and reading what he's doing, you got to because uh, he's one of the best. We appreciate him coming on. Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in about three minutes and uh, wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live Special Edition Friday at the Frozen Four. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? best college hockey conference ready for you wherever you are however you want to watch your favorite team is on nchc.tv on your phone tablet or stream to your tv subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv if it's nchc hockey it's on nchc.tv Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. 
comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is a special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live, Friday at the Frozen Four. The awards are done. The teams are uh, prepped. They are ready to roll. Tomorrow is going to be a great championship game as uh, fans are back in full force. And, uh, boy, are they making a difference. Scott Strandy with you in Somerville, Massachusetts, about five miles from TV Garden. And uh, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein on beautiful Long Island, New York. Um, Paul, just your, uh, your thoughts on Nick, knowledgeable about the Pioneers. Oh, well, listen, um, you know, he uh... – I, I like to consider myself somebody who knows uh, the the ins and outs of, of, of my alma mater in, in ASU. And um, Nick clearly uh, knows that team there in Denver like nobody else. You know, yep. it's, when, it's... when you when you went there and you live there and uh, you write about them daily, um, man, he's just a fantastic read. It was great to have him on. I will resource. see him tomorrow. Um, he's a great resource, in fact, uh, for uh, for DU hockey. Um, I, I don't know. I, I you know I've got the same style of in, type of infi- infinity for uh, Minnesota State as you do. I think um, we both know people there. They've been great to us along the way. Of course, uh, Mike Hastings and I go back 30 years. He reminded me of it again tonight. <laughs> he goes, you know, you and I go way back to when. And I said, do you have to say that? You just have to keep bringing that up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike Mike is such a great guy. And, uh, you know, either this is going to be one championship game, Paul, that uh, I'm not going to be bummed out either way, no matter who wins it. Um, even though we cover DU a lot closer than we cover Minnesota State, it's just going to be a great hockey game. And, and I'm going to feel – really good about whoever wins it either way uh i what i want is 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 like i said g- give me a couple of overtimes you have nothing else to do after the game tomorrow night anyway so um you might as well just hang out at the at td gardens and get a couple of extra bonus periods of hockey and you know uh and, and we'll have you asked and- our executive producer if she's gonna enjoy that tomorrow uh no i haven't but probably don't want to she probably doesn't but uh, she's gonna she's gonna be like you were the other day going like hey i gotta get up in the morning um i'd like this to end sometime uh, um well, yeah, yeah but... i know that might it might end up in overtime but to be honest with you 
Um, I just believe that that Denver's got too much. Um, and Minnesota State, uh, here, here's the deal. Let them win it next year because they, they got to the Frozen Four last year. They won their first Frozen Four game this year. Let them win the, the championship next year and and let Denver and, and all the hard work that they put in this year and bouncing back from a really down year last year, uh, let them take it home this year. Well, listen, I, I just think this is going to be a tremendous, tremendous game. Uh, Minnesota State literally shut down uh, that other maroon gold team outside of a turnover at the blue line. I mean, they almost outshot them two to one. There were one, there were a couple shots shy of outshooting them two to one. Uh, that other maroon and gold team was almost, you know, had they not gotten the turnover in the first goal, you would have said they were never even in the game. Yeah, and by the way, that turnover was as big a turnover as you can possibly have. Wow. You and I joked about it. They came in across the red line, or blue line, and it was like it was two on zero, and nobody was close. No, and and if you look at the last pass before uh, Matthew Nye scored the goal, I mean he uh, Bryce Bratzinski was almost behind the goal line. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He had so I much mean, time moving down, smokes. he could have he could have finished it off a lot sooner than that. You know, um, well, you know, it just it was it was a crazy pass, um, and 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 it took you know it took that to beat the goalie. I mean, geez, um, you know, and it's just, uh, it is weird to not having somebody to root against if you don't have somebody to root yeah. for. Yeah, I hear you. But that was all yesterday. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the, the thing that's, uh, that's crazy about this is, and like I've said this about Dryden, he, he's outstanding, but that first game I see him playing for, in person, he gets pulled out of the championship game of the well, conference you made him tournament. Nervous. You made him uh, Apparently I did. Uh, you know, I was and, awful close to him today too. I hope I didn't make him nervous again. And, and <laughs> you know, this Denver team is, is, you know, you know, I've been saying it for the last hour, stacked and playing about as team-oriented a game as you want to see or you can see from a, a team that's loaded with talent. You know, uh, they've put it together. The other two teams that are not playing tomorrow night, um, when they faced teams that were uh, at least close to the same depth and 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 played a, a much more disciplined style, they didn't win. Yeah, exactly. You you say that, I'm gonna say that your your minds are not fully invested in winning a college national championship when you have multi million dollar contracts in your future. No, um, I, don't I don't know if that's fair, but why would that it, not be fair? I mean, you know like this morning, Owen Power was on an airplane uh, probably as soon as he got back to Michigan, yeah, those, signing his those, contract and gone. Yeah, but th those deals are already set. Uh, I, you know, it, it's not like exactly. You exactly yeah, but... said it. They they already know what's coming. They knew for the last two months that when their season was over, boom, they were gone. And uh, how how does winning a trophy uh, compare to to signing a contract and getting paid? for what you like to do. It's in the mental part of it. 
It happens all the time. It happens all the time in almost every sport, but you can't, you, you know, when you've got guys that are second round picks, third round picks, fourth round picks, they're not sure what they're getting or what their status is going to be in the NHL. But in your first round pick, you're supposed to be a no miss uh, candidate, which means that, you know, and just look at it. Nick brought it up. There was not a single point from those guys in that game last night. That tells me their focus wasn't there because Matty Beneers cranked it up in the overtime and he had some great chances in that overtime that Nick was talking about where they held the puck on the zone. That was Matty Beneers had probably two or three chances and uh, Magnus was able to stop him. Um, But, you know, I don't know. It it was just, to me, it's blatantly clear um, who the teams are that play for the national championship, who are that are just hoping um, if they win it, fine. If they don't, fine. Mm. Yeah, fine. I mean... I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I mean, there's probably more truth to that than I want to admit, but I I don't know. I just. That's okay. You don't have to admit it. You can just say that that's, you know, what you said. Well, mostly I don't, mostly I wouldn't admit it just because (laughs) then that would make you right. And and I'm I'm just telling you, I've been around a, a lot of hockey teams and, this year, I can see it. I can feel it around these teams where, you know, I'll, I'll try, other reporters will try to get somebody to say something, at least at the Denver standpoint, and nobody will say anything but the right thing, and the right thing is team. And, and finally, you just got to go, okay, I'm not going to get anything out of this. But, but as soon as you get on a national call and you've got all four teams on there, the first thing that every national writer wants to know is, Hey, uh, Owen Power, is he going to be uh, playing? And, and how's his game going to translate to the NHL? If you're constantly talking about that, how are you putting your college team first? Well, listen, he, you were, can't. I don't, I said, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not at Michigan every day. I don't. I don't know how, what, what kind of structure they have in terms of their media access. Um, you know, I don't. Gee, how's this game going to translate? In? I don't know. I was only the number one overall pick, so you tell me. I mean, that's just stupid. I know, but Paul, it was happening. As, about it, as stupid as I, I send you ESPN a message changing channels for a pregame show. Uh, yeah, uh, I sent you. Uh, I sent you. We're going to get on that in just a minute. We got a couple more minutes. We can we can run over on. But uh, I sent you a text today of the media that were there. How many of those media members were there, Paul? To, uh, to see and write about Denver and Minnesota State? And how many of them were you there to, to talk about the seven first-round draft picks at Michigan? You listened to the game uh, and watched it. Oh. Um, you texted me and said that you didn't even know if they talked about Denver once. Uh, very little. Very little. But that's, unfortunately, uh, the attraction of star power. I mean... You know, I, yeah, I, I get it, but that's what I'm telling that's you. Not that's not the kid's fault, though. No, it's not the kid's fault, but that's what's going to happen in those situations. And if you're you're going to have to look the other way, uh, awful hard if you're going to convince yourself that winning this national championship trophy is 
is is more important than your NHL career. Anyway, um, we'll leave it on that because it's, we got to talk about ESPN boo, as I call them, not ESPN U, ESPN boo, because here's how nasty this was. And I can't imagine anybody there even going out of the way. You play to an overtime tie in the first semifinal game of the national championship of NCAA hockey. Okay. You got people in Denver. You got people in Michigan that were watching the game on ESPN two. It goes to overtime. And at the start of the overtime, they go, yeah, we're going to switch this over to ESPN. U now. Okay. Well, a lot of cable packages, and I did a little bit of research on this. A lot of cable packages don't include ESPN. U. You have to buy that separately. All right, let's, hold on. So if you get a two-minute yeah, notice, here's here's that, the here's here's the 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 better argument. Okay, um, I know I, I understand how this works, and there are contracts. And if they had switched the channels for the game and gone straight to the first pitch of the baseball game, I, I wouldn't have been any happier but I would have understood it. You went to a pregame show. You didn't go to the game. You went to an idiotic pregame show. There's your argument. That's the that's the that's the complaint. You yeah, didn't but... switch to you didn't switch because we had to get to a contractually obligated game. You switched to a pregame show. Well, don't you think that was contractually obligated about. too? Why would you have a pregame show if you didn't have a contract to uh, to say we're going to cover it? Nobody cares about pregame. I know, shows. I know, nobody cares, but it's still under contract. I mean, if if it wasn't, they wouldn't put it on. I, I so the point. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Flexibility. You, I don't just. You have to, if you're going to do this, and you're going to be the team, you have to assume, uh, at least in hockey that this game could go to overtime. How many times have we seen it over the years? So you have got to make plans for it. If you if you didn't plan on having the time or the space, then you should have put it on ESPNU like you put the other game from the start. The problem is you put people that were that are bought in and invested to it, you put them in a bad situation. And we know people, Paul, because they texted me, and I'm sure they texted you, that – that said, now what do I do? <laughs> now I can't watch the outcome of my team that I'm invested in because I don't have the program. And even if I wanted to pay for the program and add it, I couldn't add it that quickly. Listen, That's uh, the problem. Wow. You gave people no option, no matter whether it was a pregame or a first pitch. The first pitch of the regular of the regular baseball season is more important than the overtime of a semifinal game. Uh, I'm just no. I'm just telling you where the argument should be. And, and I'm sorry. The argument should be, if you're going to carry it, you carry it to a conclusion. That should be the argument. And, and I, I get that. And I'm just, I'm trying to look at it from a neutral perspective. Good luck. Because there's only one perspective. They were wrong. Period. They were wrong like to I do said, that. If they... Listen, in the start uh, before the Frozen Four started, remember we had the discussion a week and a half ago about them going like, hey, we're going to move the second game 
to ESPNU. Okay, people were unhappy, but guess what? They had a week and a half to make the adjustment. Last night, they had a minute and a half, if that, to, I'm not, to make I'm the listen, adjustment. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just. It was wrong. Let's just say it was wrong. And it doesn't matter if they were putting on uh, a replay matter. of the, the 1975 World Series instead. What you switch to does matter. No, it does not matter. It does not matter. You took away a championship game from people that were invested in it. Period. It doesn't matter what you switch to. I hate. So do I. And that's why, as good as ESPN is with professional hockey, and I'm watching it right now on ESPN Plus, just tell the people the facts. We're going to play it. If they would have said, hey, you know, if this game goes to overtime, uh, you know, if they said a week and a half ago, they said this first game goes to overtime, we're out of here, then people would have been upset, but they would have had time to adjust. But you can't give them time to adjust. You can't give them a minute and a half and say, okay, we'll be back in a minute and a half. You better have it back on ESPNU because people couldn't do it. I'm not saying they could. I'm not saying they could. I'm, I'm not applauding what they did. I'm not approving of what they did. Yeah, that's good because they were wrong. <laughs> they were simply wrong. There is no gray area in this. It's either right or wrong. You you put it on it. If you're going to carry the game, you put it on a channel that you can stay until the conclusion of the game. If if you can't, then don't bid on it. Then don't take it. No, it's that simple. They, they also couldn't control the fact that uh, baseball started a week late. So so why is that not baseball's fault and not hockey's fault? Hockey was there. You knew what the game was. You knew there was a chance it could go to overtime. The commissioner is a fraud, but you know that's <laughs> another story. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it bothers me because they played the numbers game and they said, "Ah, so what? We'll play with the with the hockey people's hearts. It doesn't matter. They're a small number." So once again, it goes back to the numbers game and just about everything. If you're a big number, you get what you want. If you're a small number, you just got to take what you get. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is in life. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Masks, College Hockey, Southwest Live, on the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, it's here at Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. On the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action and the toughest conference in college hockey. Koreans and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DrurryHotels.com. Jets Pizza, go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at the nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile, get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase find out how see your local top golf center 
So go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. And by M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Do we have any guests for tomorrow, or are we winging it? Uh, we're going to find out because you just predicted a two-overtime game. So <laughs> so we're going to wing it. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, i got to see if I've got anybody that's willing to stay up like us, uh, crazy people. Because well, most I, just people... Want two, I just want two overtimes because I know you'll sit there and be miserable. So no, i got no choice. I mean, I, my plane leaves at 628 tomorrow morning, 623 tomorrow morning. Yeah, so or, you uh, have time for Sunday morning. overtimes. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I can see they're going to be the airport or there. Yeah, so you might as well stay and watch some extra hockey. Yeah, but then what I'm saying is there'll be no guests that wants to do that. We're the yeah, only yeah. crazy people that want to do that. Um, so I, I got one thing to say. We're worried about the Denver power play. If they want it fixed, just go visit the Colorado Avalanche because I got three words for you, Paul. All hail Kale. He did it again. Scored in overtime. The Avalanche The Avalanche played the backup well, that's goalie, not a, that's not Frank Coos. That's not a power play that's just a three on three no it was four on three they had, oh, well, that's, they had a penalty yeah, going into yeah, okay. it and that power play was well, just ridiculous well, ridiculous three. I mean, there's, there's, yeah there's, there's, I, I just got three words for you all hail kale oh, the guy yeah, is yeah, a yeah, star yeah, else around right like he a, is a star with a capital s-t-a-r yeah, well, and i, I saw the has... and i saw the picture of bobby Orr today or the statue of bobby Orr. And don't, I still say, all hail Kale. Go there. <laughs> Dude, that is, now you're just being completely <laughs> off your rocker. Do not go there. Who who has the most points in their first 160 games? Do as not go there. Who has that? There. All hail Kale. Do not. You're welcome, Colorado fans. I backed you up. I played, I backed up your man, Colorado fans. Remember which one of us. Remembers all hail. Kale. Whatever. Don't even that don't don't be you being ridiculous. All right. We'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow night after the national championship game to tell you who won and break it down for you. Is it uh, Minnesota State or the Denver Pioneers? One going for uh win number national championship number nine, one going for national championship number one. Thanks for listening. We'll say good night with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>